Welcome to episode 70 of the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hello, my name is Michael and I'm joined by my beautiful, smiley wife over here. Hello. Marsha <laughs> is your name. Um, and on this podcast, we explore what it means to live with less stuff and more compassion. And today we're talking about a vegan topic. We want to know, we want to figure out why so many people hate vegans. As it turns out, it's not that difficult to see why. So we have a bit to share around this conversation and not the socially what it means, but what it could also mean for businesses as well uh, with that perception out there in the market. But before we start the conversation, a quick note from our sponsor this week. This episode is sponsored by Warren, a brand that's by women for women. Warren is a Copenhagen company owned by two sisters, Arena and Anya Warren. They have a passion for life in the slow lane and both share an enthusiasm for sustainable underwear and everyday essentials. They believe that most things can be fixed with a good attitude and some comfy clothes that don't compromise on style and feeling amazing. The last thing you want is your underwear riding up and the bra chafing or trying to suffocate you. I'm sure I'm not the only one that would normally take my bra off the second I'd walk in the door. Not with these bras. They're seriously become my new favourite. Their aim is to create lingerie that will always be the first thing you want to put on and the last thing you want to take off. Warren don't use any toxic chemicals, dyes or any metal wiring in their products. At the core of Warren, there's a strong respect for the people they work with and the environment they work within. We have a special offer for our listeners giving you 15% off storewide using the discount code MINIMALISTVEGAN at checkout. That's 15% off. Terms and conditions apply. They've also just opened up for worldwide shipping. To learn more about Warren and their full range, visit warrenstore.com. That's W-O-R-O-N store.com. Now back to the show. So, let's set this up, Marshall. Let's set this up. Get this. Studies show, <laughs> <laughs> studies show that vegans are viewed more negatively than atheists, immigrants, homosexuals and asexuals. In fact, the only group viewed more negatively than vegans were drug addicts. So, uh, that's a bit sad. Uh, that's a bit sad and um, it's somewhat surprising but it's not at the same time because beyond the surveys, we felt this too. So whether it's eating out with friends or meeting somebody for the first time, veganism comes with an air of inconvenience, stigma and sometimes hate, you know. Uh, and it, it can be, uh, even if it's not said, it, it's something that you sense that people could be judging you behind behind the scenes anyway. But why is that? Why do so many people dislike vegans? So in this episode, we're going to get outside of our vegan-friendly algorithms and our bubble, uh, where it sometimes feels like you know the whole world is vegan, which is certainly not the case. And we're going to face this jarring truth about how people feel about vegans and what it means for animal rights advocates as well. So... I thought we could start with some of our experiences with this and, mm-hmm. you know, if we have felt this this anti-veganism, this vegan discrimination, whatever you want to call it, but, you know, if this is something that in, what is it, eight years of being a vegan that you've experienced. Eight years? So, in the, <laughs> in the seven years that you've been vegan, have you experienced this? I think it's, it was probably more so at the beginning than it is now because obviously veganism is a growing and rising lifestyle and more people are accepting of it as well because they're wrapping their head around it they understand it 
but there's still, as we will explore, there's still a lot of things that come up. But it's interesting because my experience normally wasn't like at the beginning because we first became like we became vegan together. So it was a lot of social interactions. We were in it together. And when we talk about veganism um, and I think there is, you know, that saying there is power in numbers and for us together, it was probably slightly more intimidating, but also had less of an opportunity for people to judge us to our faces because there was the two of us standing there talking to them. And it was mainly in social interactions and obviously with with friends and family and all of that. And then I, and I do remember at the beginning there was a lot of comments made and people were taken aback. But I felt like also some people didn't comment or judge because they also maybe thought, well, this isn't going to last. So they reserved their judgment because it was like, oh, they're just going through a phase. Um, But more so recently, I'm not really seeing it as much, but there are still comments even a few weeks ago when I I take Chewy, our dog, for a walk in the afternoons and there's a group of dogs that tend to sort of gather in a particular area off lead and we throw pine cones for them and they fetch and we tend to interact like the owner's even though I don't like that word, but, you know, that's the easiest way to describe it. Dog parents, yeah. Um, so for about 20, 30 minutes, you might be talking to whoever else is there and there's one particular gentleman that I pretty much see two, three times a week and it was like this is almost a year in that we actually, the conversation came up as to what I do for work and mentioned the word vegan he kind of looked at me like vegan you know it was kind of like this sort of like disgust and I think people can straight away go into defense mode and say oh well I like my my bacon or eggs too much or I can I can go vegetarian but I could never go vegan so without you even saying anything you know, I found that he I judged me in a negative way and then gave me reasons as to why he wouldn't go vegan. By you just mentioning vegan just as part of your job. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that, you know, we have a brand called The Minimalist Vegan. So the minimalist part doesn't catch people off guard or they don't feel judged or they don't feel like they need to comment on it much. But veganism is something that is you felt you, tends to be 90% of the time the first point of conversation. Yeah, and I felt the same. And interesting, it ties into our uh, episode last week about status and, and how that comes up in conversation and, and sometimes it's unavoidable. But yeah, for us, I think having that word vegan as part of your profession definitely sparks that, sometimes that tension. And I, I experienced a similar thing, you know, talking to somebody at, um, an acquaintance of mine at the cafe that I go to regularly and he also asked like you know what do you hear writing about and I bring up the word vegan and that and then it sparked a whole dialogue around his religion and and how he feels about animals and plant sentience and, and all of this stuff really unprompted and this was our first interaction mm. and then after that we were able to sort of um, you know you, you know he could see that I was pretty open-minded and I wasn't going to shove this down his throat or whatever and uh, we, we've been able to joke about it 
you know, and have a bit of banter about it since and move on and talk about a whole bunch of different topics, which I, I thoroughly enjoy. But certainly those that ugh, you just felt this tension, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize it as like that hate or that disgust that you felt in your interaction. It was like, oh, vegan, what? It was more just like complete justification as to why yeah. he, he he consumes animals so His, it was like a little, 30 minute speech as to <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah. uh to to defend yourself so um so certainly i know i don't know you brought this up actually off air before we started but certainly through uh, one or two friends when i first became vegan were um you know they're pretty outspoken individuals uh and they, and they like to be antag- antagonistic at the worst of times. So it wasn't surprising, but yeah, there were certainly some memes and things that they would share on my wall or jokes around vegans and condescending remarks and whatnot. So certainly those moments are there and um, it is it is quite uncomfortable, uh, I must admit. And it's uncomfortable because I know that people, some people are just nice to your face, but mm. really that judgment is... Um, they're, they're thinking of it or who knows what they go home and they say to their friends or families or what, what they really think about you, you know. So that yeah, They hold their, their cards sort of closer to their yeah. chest and don't want to be completely open and honest with you. We're talking a lot about our interactions of this vegan hate and, and us feeling judged, but there's certainly two sides to this, right? And, and I think why a lot of that tension or disdain for vegans comes is because you know, by nature of those interactions, it actually makes non-vegans feel judged as well. So let's look into some of the reasons. And we've got three reasons why people hate vegans um, from a variety of sources that we've curated, which we'll share in the show notes, which will be at theminimalistvegan.com slash 070. Um, but the first reason is vegans break the happy state of cognitive dissonance. And then for those of you who are not aware of this this terminology, cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes relating to behavioral change. A great example is if someone is really passionate about the environment and climate change, but is often consuming a lot of plastic or is littering or something of that nature. There's a disconnect in what your beliefs are and how you behave. So... And, and most medias aren't even aware of their cognitive dissonance. So, like, I remember before I was vegan, it's not like I was stressing about the moral implications, paying somebody to kill the chicken that was on my plate. Like, I, I didn't even bat two eyelids. I was just enjoying my food. Um, but meanwhile, if you ask me, did I care about animals and their well-being? Of course I did. Mm. You know, so... Um, but I didn't think about it when I was eating. It's like that's a separate, it was a compartmentalization of the experience. It's like, you know, when I'm petting a dog on the street, you know, or playing with my friend's dogs at the time, showing love with that interaction. But when I was sitting down to eat meat, it was a completely different and separate experience mm. I think in my because mind. Because it's, you know, you're not seeing the full animal, so it's much easier to compartmentalize it. Absolutely. Um, did you feel the same way growing up? Um, I felt like I had more of a connection with where my food came from. You know, there was things like only eating organic meat and eating it uh, at home where I could control the kind of meat that I was buying. But most of the time, you know, on and off vegetarian food. But with dairy in particular, like I had no connection and I wasn't aware 
of what happens in the dairy industry. So when I think there's a difference between sort of knowing that that's a dead animal on your plate and not knowing that the milk that you're drinking is maybe only produced when the cow has a baby and that that milk is actually meant for the baby and that it's cruel you know like I think that's where people have that disconnect much easier it's easier with with dairy products and eggs and honey and even products like leather they think it's a byproduct of the agriculture industry and wool well the sheep need to be shorn and all of this stuff but when you seems more indirect than then yeah when you're talking about meat and fish and all that it's much easier to connect it to directly to what you're eating. But even then, because it's not the whole animal a lot of the time, unless you're eating a whole fish, you don't seem to connect that as easily. But I like there was times where I struggled to eat meat. And I know people that used to, for health reasons, you know, it was this whole thing of, well, I need to eat meat or fish or whatever for, for my health, but they wouldn't feel good about eating it. So. For moral reasons. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So you you probably experienced a little bit more of that wrestling yeah. intention before you were vegan than yeah. probably myself where there was just no relationship yeah. between that. So I think, well, it helps because of the family that I grew up in. I questioned it much more. Yep. It's sort of a byproduct of my surroundings rather than... I mean, I probably had that in me anyways, but I think it was definitely a big contributor in that sense. Yeah, okay. Well, that that uh, that makes sense because, yeah. It, and then there you go. There's sliding scales. There's going to be different sides of the spectrum and that experience and that um, cognitive dissonance and, and how apparent that is. And we wrote a post titled, I love animals, but dot, dot, dot. And it stemmed from a conversation I had with a colleague at the time um, who's a really compassionate individual who still ate meat and loves animals, like really just obsessed with animals, like just complete warm heart and everything. And, you know, and she'll often, when we we're talking, you know, because she knew what, what, what I did, it was like, I love animals, but I love animals, but I love animals, but like this tension that she had within herself of like, I really love them, but I eat them and trying to reconcile that. And a lot of people refer to this as the meat paradox where there's, it's literally pulling on both sides of your behavior and what your beliefs are and how you feel. So, um, you know, that's, that's tough. And I think for a lot of us, when we're used to a certain behavior, we want to keep that status quo. We fight very hard to maintain a happy positive level of that cognitive dissonance you know of that compartmentalization so that's certainly the first reason is I mean, is vegans challenged that has challenged that yeah i think it because it comes with a lot of baggage so it's like too hard basket like i get it but i don't want to think about it or i don't want to action anything so again with that whole i love animals but it's like it's easier to love animals that are around you or that you seek or that you want to help but at the same time, I have to eat three times a day and it's too difficult for me to consider taking, you know, meat, dairy and eggs and honey off my plate. So, yeah. yeah. And I suppose another thing that's worth mentioning is that because of this cognitive dissonance, people tend to feel attacked or judged, even if vegans are just explaining why they're vegan. So this is a really interesting thing because going back to our examples that we had, our experiences, even the more recent experiences we've had by just telling people what 
we do for a living, triggering this cycle of judgment, mm. right? So you've got us sort of vegans feeling judged because like we've, we've kind of just brought this up in conversation, not necessarily even willingly. It's just it's come up, you know, you, you were talking to this guy for a year mm. before you finally talked about what you do. Yeah. So, but it's come up and then there's a cycle of judgment. So you're feeling judged and then they're feeling judged and they need to justify their actions and it, and it goes around in circles. So I think... I think because the nature of veganism and when you're explaining it, mm. I sometimes actually feel like I need to hold back yep. because I'm scared of how I'm going to come across to people. So if they're like, well, so why are you vegan? And you start explaining it, it's hard not to explain it in full without them going like, oh, well, you've just made me feel like crap. And that know? brings us to the next point. That's yeah. a beautiful segue because uh, according to research, the vegans who are viewed the most unfavorable are vegans for moral considerations. So mm. um, so people are more accepting or open to vegans who go plant-based for health or environmental reasons. Mm. But as soon as like it's for a moral or an ethical cause, yeah. um, it, it really rubs people the wrong way. So it goes back to what you're saying, right? It's like, because people want to know, it's like, okay, cool, so you're vegan rightfully so they're curious yeah why yeah like i often hear like oh man i could never do that like what like what caused you to like why did you start and then our story as you all know yes you know everyone wants to be a moral human being and so as soon as you sort of talk about that and challenge what morality is whereas health is a very personal thing you know not everyone out there talks about wanting to save the environment or understands the relationship between veganism and the environment but morality is something that's like you're judging me as a human being you know and it's much deeper than any of the other reasons and so it's much harder for them to not feel that judgment yeah because it's it feels like this more like what is right what is wrong yeah type of energy and even if you're just expressing why you've made that decision Mm. understandably so it's gonna make people feel like and and as well if you're passionate you know like you want to explain because sometimes people like they're curious but they also might not be aware so it's like this thing of of sharing the information it's kind of like this fine balance you don't want to come across as arrogant and you don't want to come across as someone that's judging the other person but you also want to share your story and the information but then you also need to know when to back off and when to stop or what to share you know yeah it becomes a bit tricky well and i think 10 different vegans are going to express that very very differently yeah and for their reasons right because some people uh, who are going to look at that as an opportunity to you know if somebody asks them why it's like oh great i get to actually explain to them why and hopefully this can become a reference point for that individual in the future as to you know that there are people out there that act in this way to help you know stop the oppression to animals so um even if they disagree with it they now have an experience that they can refer back to if they come across another vegan or they see a documentary or something happens in the future it's like another touch point so that's very important some people actually look forward to that opportunity others are just like i don't even want people to know i'm vegan like i'm just like i don't even want to breach this topic i don't want to cause any tension i'm just doing it i feel like it's the right thing to do I don't 
like I don't even want to talk about it mm. you know so there's that side as well mm. and then there's all the stuff that happens in between which you're talking about um which is like how far do you take it how far do you pull back it depends on who you're talking to some people yeah. want to know okay why what like some people are combative and argumentative so they actually want to get into a dialogue yeah and then some people are just like oh really mm. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, that Tell makes, me more. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Or like, and some people are like, oh yeah, my daughter's vegan. So I get it. You know, mm. I'm just curious why you did it. So there's, it's going to vary depending on the interaction, but it still goes without saying. As soon as you state your reasons from the moral side, that's when it really brings to surface that tension way more than the health or environmental considerations. And it makes sense because if you think about, you know, if somebody is smoking in front of you, yeah. And you're just expressing why you don't smoke and for the reasons. Naturally, the person smoking is going to feel judged and attacked. Yeah. Like, it just goes without saying. It's human nature. But if people feel judged, then they're, they're going to likely look for ways to defend themselves. Mm. And a common way for people to defend themselves is that they try to make veganism invalid by looking for hypocritical behavior. So, by trying to expose vegans for their cognitive dissonance to a, to a level, then it discredits veganism in general. So, you know, we hear things all the time like how many insects do you kill in your car or... Your you crops c- need to be grown so therefore bugs and insects also enjoy eating crops and, you know, they sometimes have to get rid of... Pest control. ...birds and yeah. raccoons and rats and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, we've, we've talked at length about migratory beekeeping when it comes to crop pollination or plant sentience and do they have feelings and uh, do you eat oysters or, like, because they don't have a central nervous system. So these are all the, the ways people will defend themselves to look for the hypocrisy. Um, this is interesting because it came across in, in a video that we'll link to in the show notes about this same topic. And I, I thought, I never thought about this, but even if someone is acting in a hypocritical way, doesn't necessarily mean that their point isn't valid. Mm. Like someone, and again, to use a smoking example, but someone who's smoking could also simultaneously understand that smoking is bad for you. Yeah. But they're still smoking. So it's like... They preach a healthy lifestyle to you, yet they're smoking. Exactly right. I mean, and I just think in general, it's quite interesting to look at it from a point of view that like we put so much value and our ability to respect others based on their consistency, like their consistency with what they believe and what they do. Mm. And um, But the truth is, it's like people can't be 100% consistent all the time. And they can still, it's somewhat human to still be able to recognize that even in, in your inconsistency, the points are still valid. And I, I don't know, I just think it's something that I hadn't really thought about because sometimes this pressure to be perfect Well, it's like is, people kind of sometimes go, well, you need to walk your talk before I'm prepared to listen to advice from you you know like even when it comes to speaking to a friend that's super stressed and doesn't have time or doesn't feel like they have time to meditate or to to do breathing exercises or anything to help themselves yet here you are giving them that advice yet you don't do any of that to help yourself yeah that's true that's true yeah I, i do struggle to to take on advice from people who are not living that or doing it themselves yeah um so i I think it's very valid but it is still it goes without saying like you can still 
be on the path to veganism or not vegan or whatever and still understand that the reasons are valid for for becoming vegan but i think at the end of the day people think that if they can point out all the flaws in veganism Mm. that means that they have defended themselves successfully they don't have to face their cognitive dissonance and they've justified their behavior so all good i can continue you know consuming animal products in a way that i've been doing it it's interesting because i feel like this is why sometimes vegans feel like they need to completely have a guide from a to z of knowing how to respond to every possible question or every possible counter argument towards veganism so that they feel like a they can defend themselves and the vegan lifestyle and b they're doing the right thing for it like I've seen in multiple groups where people are like oh I saw this comment on Facebook and I want to respond but I don't know how to to say it when they're counteracting their beliefs or whatever it is and it's interesting like many articles that we write on the minimalist vegan we're kind of uh, debunking some of those things but also trying to pull on both sides so that you can see the other person's point of view but also try and explain as to a little bit deeper as to why those things are important to be aware of. Because like, yes, you're not out there to educate people and tell them what's right from wrong, but genuinely a lot of people don't understand or are not aware of certain things. So I think that that's where it's that whole thing where you think you're better than me situation. You know, if you try and educate them a little bit or if you're sharing information or they're making false statements because they haven't done the research or they haven't dived deep enough into it or they have that disconnect from the process, then it's something that I think can make a lot of vegans quite nervous to interact with other people, not just because of the judgment but because they're unsure of how they'll be able to respond and say the right thing to other people. Absolutely. I I agree. And and that segues beautifully again. to the third point why we believe a lot of people hate vegans is that people believe that vegans are vocal about veganism. So it's interesting. Like, I don't hear this phrase all the time. I don't know if you do, but like, you know, not how do you... Not that it's used not that it's towards u- me. Not that it's used, but maybe it's talked about us or it's talked about vegans abroad or it's on social media. But, you know, I think there's a lot of memes around it. But, you know, it's like, how do you know if someone is vegan? They'll tell you. Don't worry, they'll tell you. Yeah, don't worry, they'll tell you. And I'm like, okay, I, I see this come up a lot. And and it's worth reflecting on this because there's a couple of ways that a vegan could be vocal. They could be proactively vocal. Mm. Like they are doing what we do. Like they, they create content around veganism. They could be uh, activists going out in public and showing their activism. Um, they might share stuff on social media yes. to friends and family. And I think that's probably where a lot of it comes from. It's people thinking that, oh, you're shoving your opinion down my throat. Yeah, that's a common one. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, check out this, check out that. Can you believe this is happening? So that those are common examples, which let's acknowledge that. But then there's like the vast majority of all the other vegans that don't vocalize veganism. You know what I mean? That aren't sharing on social media, that aren't out on the streets protesting, that aren't creating YouTube channels around it. But I think even for them, the perception is that they're still vocal. And I think this comes down to the fact that veganism is tied to consumption. So it's, we've got to eat a couple times a day 
and we've got to buy things. We've got to buy clothes. We've got to buy furniture, etc. And there's going to be an element of a vegan consideration in all of those purchases. So the challenge is it's hard to not bring up veganism in a lot of those situations. Mm. So, for example, if you are dating somebody, you go out to a, 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 a party or a, you go out to dinner with friends at a pub or whatever it is, and there's a vegan there, you know, this could be a really conservative vegan that doesn't talk about it, but they're going to have to talk about it because they're going to have to order something. Well, and, they don't and have it, to talk about it openly with everybody that's there, but they have, like, it yeah. will come up with the wait staff and... The menu's going yeah. around and it's like, cool, what do you want to order? Um, can I get that? It's, 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 it says VG, is that... Vegan or vegan options. Or vegetarian. Is that vegetarian? Um, boom, there it is. You're vocal about veganism now. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, is that wine? Just let me check in my little database here. Okay, yep, cool, that's vegan. So even those people are perceived as vocal vegans because it's like they have to buy something and they have to check and see if it's vegan and then that starts the conversation, right? And I think some people can perceive that oh, okay, this person is just talking about veganism all the time. It's like, well, no, I need to talk about veganism for five to ten minutes with this within waiter. Within the context. Within yeah. the context because I need to make sure that the meal that I get here is actually completely plant-based. Um, so there's that side. I just want to acknowledge. But yes, people who are also vegan are passionate about the cause and want to share their findings and learnings with people um, because it's, you know, they're trying to speak on behalf of animals. But I think that's real. I mean, people hate change. And if somebody's telling you, to change your behavior or giving you reasons for why, then there's understandably going to be pushback. I mean, look at, if we go back in history and look at f- for all the things that we deem as unjust or unfair now were once the status quo. So we talk about slavery or uh, equal rights for women. Um, you know, some of these, the resistance to these changes in the past have led to, to war. Like that's how much people resist change. Change comes with a level of discomfort and inconvenience and and people do everything they can to maintain that status quo. And it's like, you know, when smoking was first banned here and, and smokers were, were having to be relegated to certain parts of a venue, there was initial pushback like, oh, this is ridiculous that we have to go smoke in this area, right? Um because they were resistant to change. You know, there was probably people who had slaves and like the smoker was inconsiderate on those around them and the impact of that, people were inconsiderate of the lives of slaves and they just wanted to maintain the status quo because it was convenient to them. A lot of people believed that women just had a certain role to play in society and again, weren't considerate of how women felt and, and how they were valued and wanted to maintain the status quo. So this is not unfamiliar it's it's just that it's very challenging you know because now we're talking about you know women represent half the population or slaves represented represented x amount of the population smokers represented a small fraction of the population now we talk about consumption now we're talking about food Mm. this is probably the biggest behavior change the biggest inconvenience for a lot of people and and the and the victim here is the animal you know so the lack of consideration for the animal to maintain the status quo because of all the behavior change that you need to make as a result of being vegan 
is going to create that tension. And it's why a lot of vegans are vocal about veganism. And it's, and it, and it, but it leads to why another one of those key reasons why a lot of people hate vegans. And around in circles we go. You know, I spoke to a friend yesterday on the phone and I was just asking him, I'm like, you know, before you became vegan, what, what did you think about veganism? And like, what was your perception of it? And he thought, and he said, oh, I thought it was like an exclusive club. It, it felt very unapproachable and exclusive and, and something that I didn't believe I could be a part of. And he's vegan now. Um, but that was certainly a, a resistance to him, you know. And I think there's a perception out there that vegans want to be part of the club. People who aspire to be vegan want to be part of the club or be part of the cool kids, which which is far from the truth, as we all know, because vegans are hated. But 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 I just find that interesting because, like, before I became vegan, I had the same resistance. It's like even though I knew that there's some truth to this lifestyle and the decisions. I was like, like from, I didn't want to be like an activist or be that person that was causing an inconvenience to others. Or I thought it was very uncool to be honest. And well, I mean, veganism used to be more of like a hippie thing. You yeah. Know? Like it wasn't, it was a, that's true. The, one of the uncoolest things you could really do unless you're really passionate about. That's you know, it. But, but I think most vegans would tell you that, you know, they would love to see a vegan world. And when you reflect on it, it's like, even when we talk vegan this, vegan that, vegan this, it's like, I would prefer to not even use the terminology. I would love it if we didn't even have to label so that it things flipped, as vegans. Yeah. That things were flipped on its head, right? So that the meat eaters and the omnivores became the minority. So that they had to spe- specify if they wanted meat in their yeah. food or whatever. Whereas, you know, veganism is just the norm. You don't have to ask. So is this vegan by default yeah. or do I need to specify for it to be vegan? Yeah. You see an M. You see an M on the, a symbol on the menu that says, yeah. oh, that's got meat in it. Oh, what what on here has got meat in it? Like, yeah. what, how? gee, that's that would be crazy. But... You know, it wouldn't be crazy. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. <laughs> but um, but I think it's like, it's not. It's interesting. It's not about being part of a club. It's about removing that barrier and and even removing the terminology and making it normal. But it it is something that can come across to people and rub them the wrong way. Nevertheless, that elitist. You know, we hear this all the time. Like veganism is is for privileged, elitist people that are rich, like. You yeah, know, and we talked about our, our vegan budget. Yeah, <laughs> hippies with beards and um, that. No, hipsters with beards. Hipsters, not sorry. Okay, get them mixed <laughs> hippies up. Hippies is still not like a cool term. Yeah, I don't okay, think. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's there's a lot of that that comes with it, and obviously, I think a lot of people believe that vegans are smug or self righteous as a result of that. Like, do you feel that since you've become vegan, you have given off that perception? Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure I have. Sometimes I do it intentionally because of the person that I'm speaking with has that same attitude towards me yep. in the other way. Yep. But most of the time I try and be very like even keel about it and try not to ruffle any feathers or say anything that will make the other person uncomfortable. But regardless, just being vegan makes other people that aren't vegan uncomfortable at times again it comes down to the individual 
and um, especially if they already have thought about it maybe in the past but haven't actioned it and they have that some form of connection and feel like you know they would love to be vegan but for some reason they're not so they feel that guilt because you just you've just reminded them of something that they aspire or want to do but haven't done yet yep so yeah i think for me it's like who's the audience and how i approach that is very sort of tailored in some ways but it also comes down to the questions that are asked, what we talked about yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, sure. So you've no, you don't feel like you've proactively sort of gone at somebody or... Like, it's interesting. When I think about it, like... Not no, unless they've triggered no, me. Not unless they've triggered yeah. you. Okay, right. No, there's no... Like, why? Yeah. Like, you're just looking at their behavior and you're like, no, that's not okay. Yeah, I respond to their behavior. Yeah. But like, what if it's just their actions? Like, they're not coming at you, but they're, you know... Probably have with family. Okay. Because I feel comfortable with them. Sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, other people know. Yeah. See, I, I probably try to be a lot more accommodating in the way that I interact with people. And, um, you know, because when, when people are smug or self-righteous towards me about anything, I don't yeah. respond well. Mm. If there's any ego or arrogance, I don't respond well. But at the same time, I've done it. Like, I've certainly, I think like you, if, you, if I've been challenged, yeah. then I respond that way. Um, I'm much better at it now, remaining calm and whatever. But certainly in content creation, I do. Like, uh, there's no getting around it. Like, uh, you know, I wrote a post, one of our more popular articles is um, a letter to vegetarians from a vegan. And I wrote that to get under the skin of people. You know what I mean? That was by design. So, um, because that was like, I looked at that as a a creative outlet to express some things to the vegetarian community. And, um, and, and you would see in the comments that it did do that. It did get under people's skin, but that was a very intentional decision outside of that. It's, um, I also think there are people who are just smug in general. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what their, they believe in or what their intellect is or what they're communicating. I think they can come across that about many different things, Mm. but I think sometimes smugness can get, mixed up with passion yeah i think there's a fine line there there's like there, there is a there's definitely an energy that people be like i'm like i'm better than you i know more than you you're stupid like mm. there's that energy which doesn't work for anything we experience we know this very well in the world right well, now with division but yeah but there's also like that fine line between that we've talked about many times before between swag and arrogance you know, like I, I'm assured and I know what I'm talking about versus like I, I'm just being arrogant and I'm trying to, you know, show push, you push how buttons, or yeah. show you how smart I am or whatever. Like, um, so I think that that in general is going to rub people the wrong way about anything. But but I think on top of that, another point this guy made in this video, which was really interesting, is like, or even if somebody is being annoying or smug or, you know, condescending, right? We see this all the time in the health and wellness industry, like with super fit people who are just like, you know, super ripped and fit and counting their macros and, you know, running marathons and all this stuff. And sometimes they just, the way they come across is like, I'm better than you. Like, you should be doing this. Oh, don't be eating that. You should, you know, get out, do this more. But even though they are delivering it in a way that's annoying, doesn't necessarily mean that we can discredit their points. Yeah. Because what they're saying is still true. Yeah. 
It still has a lot of merit. Yeah, and I think that's the hard thing for a lot of us is how quickly our walls can get up and how we interpret somebody who is self-righteous or condescending. Because, and I think this is where vegans get caught a lot and this vegan-non-vegan interactions. It's like, well, by sharing a post on Facebook, how do you interpret that? If you're non-vegan and you see slaughtering of pigs or what happens in an abattoir or whatever, you could, depending on your mood, depending what's happening today, depending on how you are as an individual, can interpret that in many different ways. You can interpret that as, oh my God, here's Mary again sharing this vegan propaganda. Like, she thinks she's better than me, right? Or could be like, oh, wow, like this just coming from a place of passion, she said. You know what I mean? Like, it, mm. it can be interpreted in different ways. But I think for all the reasons we've talked about so far in terms of challenging that happy level, that positive cognitive dissonance, being vocal, all this stuff, I think in those perceptions is when people can start to assume that vegans are being condescending when maybe they're not. Yes. So, so I mean, now reflecting on like, what, what can we do? What can we do? So if you're a vegan and you're receiving this hate, you're feeling it indirectly or directly, um, it's hard, but I think you need to acknowledge why, where it's coming from. Hopefully this conversation has helped. And I think the hardest thing is that you need to accept that your mere existence, your, the fact that you are vegan is going to be triggering for people, for some people. Not everyone, but for some people. Yeah. Um, as soon as you say you're vegan, it's going to be triggering and you need to accept that. Just like for Marshall walking out the door being a, a woman is going to be triggering to some people. Just for me walking out the door being a black man is going to be triggering to some people. Like I think so, the more quickly we can accept that it is going to challenge the worldview of a lot of people, the better. And I suppose if you're a non-vegan and you feel that disdain, that annoyance, you're irritated or you hate vegans and how they've because of how they've interacted with you and what they share and it really pisses you off i think it's worth reflecting on why you feel that way and reflect on your cognitive dis- dissonance reflect on if how much you're compartmentalizing all of your experiences in your life and what your beliefs and values are and how you act just before you move on you just missed a point on how you know regardless of where you stand and who you are and who you're interacting with. If our mission is to show compassion and love towards animals, we need to do that to our fellow human beings because by hating humans, by attacking humans, by feeling like we're better than other people, it's really not going to do the right thing for what what we all want to see in this world. So just keep that in the back of your mind every time you have interactions with people. And even, you know, you hear that expression when someone says like when someone is either bullying you or provoking you or you don't like that person, like kill them with love. And I think that's a really important thing to note and keep in mind when you're having these interactions with people. Yeah. Don't kill them with love. Don't kill them with love. (laughs) The challenge with that approach is that unfortunately that can come across as condescending as well. Yeah. Like. It can. But I think Oh, you think you, you're above me now? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's yeah. just remembering that, you know, if you come from a place of openness and love, you'll you'll cause less friction and that person will respect you more for it as well. Yeah. 
a lot of the time. Again, it depends who you're speaking with. I can't speak on behalf of every single human being on this planet, but I think when someone approaches you with love and, you know, at the end of the day, you don't know what that person's going through and you don't know what their previous experience has been with veganism or with the plant-based lifestyle. So I think that's also something to keep in mind. They might have just lost someone they might have just had a really crappy day and they're sort of taking it out on you so remove your the conversation about veganism and just look at them as a fellow human being and accepting them where they are right now yeah and I think what's really great at least in this point in time there's a lot of vegans who are once not vegan you know yeah you know, I say at this point in time because obviously over over the years there's going to be a lot of more vegans who are born vegan but you, what that means is that you still have that you can still channel that level of empathy and relatability with people. Mm. Um, and I do that quite often which, which as is, well. Which is a great tool to yeah. to bring down some walls and um and and not come across as preachy, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So to to wrap this up, I just want to talk about vegan businesses briefly because I think this applies to them as well. I mean, if we've got studies and all this research showing you that. A lot of people hate vegans. And, and in fact, some of these same studies, this one done in back in 2015, found that um, even just using the word vegan in their branding as a business can result in a 70% decrease in sales. So, whoa, okay. Just even vegan labeling and branding can deter people away because of this perception of what people think. I mean, it's... You know, the approval rating for veganism is not very high. And, and that was a very confronting thing for us to sort of acknowledge in preparing for this podcast episode. It's like, well, that kind of sucks. It's like, as a vegan, you understand why you're vegan, but we're not in the mission of people-pleasing per se. It's not, a lot of vegans will tell you, I'm here to speak the truth for the animals. I'm, I'm not here to make friends, you know? So it's not about trying to feel accepted necessarily. It's just um, about being more approachable. Yeah. You want it to be approachable to everybody. Exactly. And if it's, the terminology is jarring, then you're already losing people. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> We have the most jarring name of a business that I think I've heard in a long time. Yeah. So. The minimalist vegan. And it's, uh, yeah, you're right. Because it's like if somebody sees a name and they identify with those words, Mm. then they feel like they're in the right place. Mm. But that's such a small. For (laughs) 99.9% of the rest of people. Yeah. Yeah. They've got questions. So anyway, this conversation has definitely caused us to think about activism you know uh, and we talked about this in our vegan lessons episode um a few episodes ago but some of our best experiences eating out and and whatnot have come at at, at restaurants that didn't even label themselves anywhere as vegan but they were 100 percent vegan yeah and um and i think that there's something in that and um if the approval rating is so low for vegans i think we as brands and business owners in that ethical space probably need to think about how we present ourselves. And I never thought I'd be saying that because, you know, when we started The Minimalist Vegan, for example, it's like it was all about people being able to self-select. But more and more as we go on this journey, it's like, well, are we trying to reach more vegans or are we also trying to reach non-vegans? Mm. You know, so... I mean, let us know, reach out to us, you know, send us an email or a, a DM and let us know like when you think 
when you first maybe heard our brand name, whether it's through the podcast or our website and or social media, like what was your first impression? And are you vegan or not? We'd love to hear how we came across to you before you even consumed our content. Yeah, and even if you do like our content, you personally, how comfortable do you feel sharing that with your friends and family because of the name? I'd, I'd really love to know because we put so much of our self-respect and our pride in how we refer businesses to other people. It, it shows our taste. It shows our ability to add value to others. And if you understand minimalism and veganism but and you know other people will get value from it, but you might be a bit uncomfortable about the branding and how that might come across. That's really fascinating to me as well. Well, I think we shall wrap it up there. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. And yes, please reach out to us if you have anything to share on this topic. And this is, again, episode 70 of the Minimalist Vegan podcast. So you can find that at theminimalistvegan.com forward slash 070. And we'll see you again or you'll hear us again in another fortnight. Thanks so much, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.